0: I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Catherine Baker, a professor of health economics in the Department of Health Policy and Management at the Harvard School of Public Health. Professor Baker has co-authored a perspective article on the misguided focus on the creation of healthcare jobs in the United States. Professor Baker, some aspects of healthcare reform might tend to increase healthcare hiring. The expansion of insurance coverage, for example, will increase demand for services. And the focus on team based care might require new case managers, more physician assistants, nurse practitioners. So, is some of the growth in healthcare employment necessary to better care and better health?
1: Absolutely. And I think the key factor is the goal should be improving health and access to health care. And to the extent that that involves a larger physician workforce, a larger nurse workforce, a change in the mix of people working in the healthcare sector, that's all to the greater good. But that's a side effect of expanding access and improving the efficiency of delivery, not the goal of the policy itself.
0: In May of this year, only 69,000 new jobs were created in this country. But nearly half of them, 33,000, were in the healthcare sector. In your article, you cite data showing that over the longer term, there's been steady growth in healthcare employment as a proportion of all U.S. employment. What are the reasons for that?
1: I think there's ample evidence that we're not getting as much value as we should out of the healthcare sector right now. We want to get as much health as possible for every dollar that we spend and for every person employed in that sector. And we're spending some money on care that has questionable value right now. That's why I think policy goals should be to improve the value for the system so that everyone has access to affordable care. And that might involve more employment, but it might involve less.
0: You argue that job creation shouldn't be a justification for increased spending on health care. How do you convince people of that during a recession uh, when lawmakers, as we know, are so concerned about unemployment rates?
1: Well that's a real challenge and it was part of the motivation for writing this piece, but I think you have to remember that healthcare jobs aren't manufactured out of thin air. Higher spending on health care means higher health insurance premiums. It means that workers have lower take-home wages after they pay their share of health insurance premiums. It means taxes are higher as we pay for Medicare and Medicaid and access for the uninsured. The flip side to spending more on healthcare employment is having those higher premiums and those lower wages and those higher taxes. And I think if you make that argument, people might see that those resources could be better devoted to other important uses like food and shelter and education if we we were getting as much health from the healthcare sector for every dollar that we spent as we could.
0: In a recent perspective article, Steger and colleagues used economic modeling to suggest that the substantial expansion in the nursing workforce is largely a temporary bubble related to the recession and that it will probably deflate over the next several years. Do you agree, and how does that affect healthcare employment growth
1: in general? I think this highlights the challenge of trying to target employment as either a metric of success or as a goal. Really, if we could align incentives so that we were promoting high-value care and access for a wide segment of the population, the jobs would work themselves out if we removed the barriers to the efficient allocation of resources. It's very hard to plan ahead of time exactly how many doctors we need, how many nurses we need. That kind of planned economy is destined to get the resource allocation wrong. Rather, we want to set up a system that promotes the delivery of high-value, highly beneficial healthcare and then let the jobs flow as they may.
0: You do suggest that in some cases, adding healthcare workers may be creating value commensurate with the additional spending that would be necessary. How do you measure that value to determine whether any given position is beneficial?
1: That's a real challenge, and that gets back to the goal of setting up a system that has incentives for high-value care. If we reward the provision of high-value care, not just more care, if we promote coordinated care that results in better health outcomes, not just more spending on health, then jobs that are created in the healthcare sector will be producing high value.
0: You note that a local politician might prefer a larger hospital, which would offer more jobs, in his or her district as long as the people paying for it don't live in that district. And that's possible given our current system of health economics. So does that underlying system need to be changed as well?
1: Absolutely. I think there need to be a lot of reforms in the healthcare sector, from how we pay for publicly provided care through Medicare, to how we set up the incentives for value-based insurance in the private sector, to how we subsidize employer-sponsored health insurance. A lot of changes would promote higher value care that we've been talking about so that we can get better health outcomes. Remember, we're not trying to buy health care. We're trying to buy health. And if we set up a system that promotes that kind of use, that's certainly going to involve a reallocation of jobs across types of professions and across places in the country. And there are going to be some people who are unhappy about that. And we want to set up systems to help any workers who are displaced and to ensure smooth continuity of patient care. But a byproduct of any reform that promotes efficiency is going to be some reallocation.
0: Thank you, Professor Baker.